1: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelsner. Hello, hello,
0: hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelsner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. And who doesn't want to know what works with social media? I'm super excited about today's show. I'll be joined by blogging expert Leslie Samuel, and we'll explore different ways to make money with a blog. I also have a really cool new discovery that I'd like to share with you right now.
2: Helping you stay alive in a social jungle. Here's this week's survival tip.
0: Our community manager, Eric Fisher, has an awesome new tool that he'd like to share with you. Eric, tell us all about it.
2: This awesome new tool is actually one that I shared at my session for Social Media Success Summit. And in fact, Ian Cleary stole my thunder and shared it first, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's called Write Tag, R-I-T-E Tag, T-A-G. And as you might guess, the tag has to do with hashtags, something that you know people have, sometimes have issues with, but there's no denying, can do a lot, especially for your Twitter marketing.
0: Okay so so tell us a little bit about how it works. What does it do for you?
2: What it does is and this is the best way I can explain it is if you know how when you're trying to set up a new account somewhere and you're putting in a password and it's telling you how good of a password you have but it you know, goes goes from say red to yellow to green to say you have a really good highly encrypted password that people won't crack. It does that kind of a color coding or indication of how good your hashtags are on Twitter.
0: Okay, so so um, it's telling you whether they're too generic or too specific. Is that kind of what I hear you saying?
2: It, it, actually, both. It, it can tell you if anybody's using it at all. It can tell you if it's overused. It'll tell you if it's just good or especially what I aim for is it'll tell you if it's great.
0: So tell us how you're using it for Social Media Examiner.
2: Well, literally, before you called me up and said, hey, let's talk about this, I was using it and I was putting out some tweets and crafting a tweet for this weekend to talk about uh, the latest episode of this very podcast. And what I wanted to do was see what it said for the hashtag podcast. So I went ahead and I went to the word that I had already crafted in the tweet, the word podcast, and I put a hashtag in front of it. And it went from not having any highlight to suddenly going green and i thought oh okay good that means that the hashtag podcast is a good hashtag to try so we'll see how that performs
0: now my understanding is it actually integrates with like hootsuite and social oomph and and a number of other uh popular scheduling apps that are out there which i think is really cool um now it's they've got a free and a paid app can you kind of just briefly discuss the differences
2: Yeah, what you can do with – so far I've run into nothing that I've really had to have in the paid version so far. Everything that I've gone to uh, in terms of Twitter or Buffer or Hootsuite or even Social Oomph, which is the way – it it just shows up everywhere because what it's doing is is you're installing extensions for your browsers on multiple – and I'm using multiple browsers – and every single time I've gone to where you insert tweets even on twitter.com the right tag setup is right there ready to be of assistance so as far as upgrading though to to paying for it there's not really anything that I've seen that you know you have to upgrade and start you know get get a feel for it well it, I think but I think
0: it. you only get the free one for 30 days and I think after that it's like it starts at ten dollars a month so yeah it
2: looks like so $10 just, just a month.
0: one more thing. For everyone who's listening, why would they want to even do something like this? Why is it important to maybe use hashtags a little more frequently in our tweets?
2: Well, the thing is, is that there are people that aren't just using, you know, event hashtags like we do for for our events. They use them on a regular basis to find content. And, you know, we we're all wanting to get our stuff seen. We want to craft the right tweets. We want to add images the right way. We want to push it out there at the right times. But if you miss this other key piece of putting certain metadata by using these hashtags into your tweets, there are people who are looking for those tweets. They just don't know it yet and they don't know your content yet. This is how you get it to them.
0: Perfect. So what I hear you saying is there are a lot of people out there that are tracking hashtags They may not know who you are or who we are. And by using those hashtags, it kind of gets in front of them and it can open you up to new audiences. Is that right? Exactly. Awesome. Well, that uh, to find that, go to r i t e t a g dot com. That's right tag dot com. Eric Fisher, thanks for coming on today.
2: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com dot com slash get updates. And with that, let's transition over to today's expert interview.
2: To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest.
0: I'm very excited to be joined today by Leslie Samuel. Leslie is a former anatomy professor, and his interactive biology blog makes biology fun for students and teachers. He's also the man behind becomeablogger.com, a relatively large site dedicated to the craft of professional blogging. And Leslie Samuel is definitely a blogging expert. Leslie, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on, Mike. I appreciate it.
0: So today you and I are going to explore different ways that you can make money from your blog. Yes, I said it. You can make money (laughs) from your blog. (laughs) Now, before we get into that, um, let's step back, Leslie, and focus on a little bit bit about your backstory when it comes to blogging. Mm -hmm. How has blogging changed your life? And just share with us whatever you'd like to about your backstory when it comes to your blogs.
1: Man, how has blogging changed my life? Man, to say that it's changed my life really is kind of an understatement. It's done so much in the last six years that I've been doing it. You know, for initially, the first thing that it really did for me is, is it kind of put me in a place where, you know, before, anytime I wanted to get customers to my business, I had to be consciously and, and constantly actively going out to get them. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But when I, when I found out about, about blogging and how you can build this platform, and eventually, if you do it right, people are actually finding you, that kind of was a game changer for me. So that was the first thing it really did. Um, it allowed me to start making money online. I tried a number of different things before, and it it just didn't work for me. And at the time, I was working at a, a, a Christian boarding academy. Um, and I started blogging and I started making a little money. And I remember the first time I was able to surprise my wife with a living room set. Man, it was awesome for me because you know I was actually building a business that was making money online, which is kind of like what we're going to talk about today. Um, some of the some of the huge things it it actually got me a job. I was teaching at a, a, a high school, a Christian boarding academy, and I always wanted to be a university professor, but I didn't have a PhD. I started a biology blog, as you mentioned in the beginning. And that actually landed me a job as a professor in a doctoral program, um, in a physical therapy program, without having the necessarily the qualifications, you know, the PhD or a doctorate of physical therapy degree. Man, it's done so much for me. I actually just recently quit that job. And I'm doing this full time. So when I say it, it's changed my life, and when you ask that question, that really is an understatement. It's done so much, opened so many doors. And that's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about blogging.
0: Give us just a quick high level on what your biology blog is all about just so people can kind of visualize it in their mind?
1: Yeah. So, so the biology blog is one that I started because I wanted to teach university level, but I couldn't because, you know, I, I didn't have that job. So what I did is I started to take the concepts that I would be teaching in a university, in biology and physiology and neurobiology, and just making really short, you know, three to five minute videos, uh, maybe sometimes up to eight minute videos explaining one concept at a time. And that's pretty much the gist of what I do over there. There's some other things, but the, ma- the core of that blog is really those relatively short videos explaining one concept.
0: Now, I want you that are listening right now to key in on what Leslie said. It's a blog, but it's really videos. So a lot of people, yeah. when they think about blogs, they think they have to be great writers, but you really didn't do a lot of writing on that blog. The core of the content was videos you were publishing on that blog. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. I didn't do any writing on that blog um, until later when I brought on some writers to test that out a little bit. But it was all videos. The only text that was on the blog really was the description of the video and the transcripts of the video. That was pretty much it.
0: I know right now some people's heads are exploding.
1: (laughs) No, that's why I love it, because you don't have to do it exactly how somebody else is doing it. And that's exactly what I did in the beginning. I looked at what everyone else was doing, and I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to come with something totally different. And that's what really got it going.
0: Okay, now let's transition over to your other site, becomeablogger.com. Can you talk about what you're doing over there?
1: So becomeablogger.com, I mean, you said it very nicely in that introduction. It's dedicated to the craft of professional blogging. It's how do you go from idea concept to having a platform online where you can deliver that content to people regularly, how you can get people to that website, and how you can turn it into a business, how you can leverage it for professional opportunities. Those are the types of things that I discuss on Become a Blogger.
0: Now, there are a lot of people listening right now, Leslie, that are like you, that are um, have a career or like you used to be, you know, have a career and are blogging on the side and trying to figure out how to possibly transition out of that career into a full-time job. And this is of interest to them. There are other people that have blogs that they've been, you know, using as a a marketing vehicle, if you will, to grow their consultancy or Mm -hmm. their business. And they're not really necessarily making any money, quote unquote, from the blog, but instead it's kind of designed to help uh, find opportunity for the other products and services that they sell. Mm -hmm. But what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about how do you actually make money. Um, or what are some of the main ways that you can make money? We'll talk about some of the ancillary ways as well. Yeah. But what are some of the main ways that you can actually use the content on your blog and the traffic coming to your blog to make money? Now, one question I want to open with is, and, and by the way, when I say money and I say monetization strategy, it's kind of the same thing. So um, just for everyone listening. So one thing that I know a lot of people wonder about is at what point... Do I need to be thinking about a strategy to make money on my blog? Or said another way, when is it okay to start making money with my blog?
1: You know that's a, that's a great question, and I love it so much because my opinion of that has really changed what I used to tell people um, you know a while back is listen, don't worry about making money right now you're, what you're trying to do is build your blog and provide value all right and then later on we'll think about this whole monetization strategy um, concept now now my, my opinion on that is totally different I, I tell people to start at least start thinking about it even before you start your blog. And that's if you're trying to do this as a business. If you're just doing it as a hobby, you know, you just go out there do whatever you want to do and put content out there and help people, and that's great. But if you're trying to build it into a business, think about this from before. Um, it, it, It... and I think the problem is the concept that we have when it comes to selling. We think about selling as a bad thing, but I think about selling as a way to provide even more value. So I tell people to start early. Um, it's a way that you, you, you can get more people to take action because when people get invested in something, they are more likely to act on it. You're, you're really able to provide more value, and you don't want to hold that back from your audience. So I think if you're building this as a business, start early. Start thinking about it even before you start your blog and start putting things into place from the very beginning.
0: You said selling is a way to provide even more value. I want you to elaborate on that a little bit. What does that mean?
1: Oh, what does that mean? So, this is a concept that I love because um, when I I've downloaded a lot of ebooks and a lot of programs on different aspects of blogging, on different aspects of business, and so on. And what I found is that when I'm invested in something like it actually had to hurt a little bit, I'm more likely to take it seriously. And I noticed that with even with my audience. When I give stuff away for free, you you, you generally get this idea of, oh, man, this is so cool. Great. And then they do nothing with it. Mm. But when you ask them to commit, and I think that's the key thing right there, when someone commits to it, and in this case, we're talking about commitment in a financial way, they're going to be more likely to take action. And I want my audience to take action. So I ask them to commit. Um, And and not only that, you're not just selling your own products. You might have things that you think are of value to your audience that you can promote that's going to help them, something that you might not be able to provide. But if, for example, you are trying to start a blog um, and I'm trying to help you start a blog, you're going to need hosting. If I hold back promoting hosting to you because I don't want to sell early, how are you going to start your blog? There are some things that they're going to need to buy, and you should be the expert that's educating them about it so that they can take action. That's all a process. That's all a part of selling.
0: I kind of call this the how much more philosophy. Mm. I believe that when you give away really valuable content like we try to do at Social Media Examiner, a certain subsegment of your audience says, how much more will I gain if I – buy a ticket to Social Media Marketing World, or if I go to their online summit. And so so that's kind of one way of thinking about this. Now, I know that, and you know that there's a lot of different ways to make money with a blog.
1: Definitely.
0: Why don't you start with kind of a high-level overview of a couple of the options, and then maybe we can dig into some of them in detail.
1: Definitely. Okay. So when it comes to making money with a blog, bunch of options let's talk about a few the simplest way to make money with your blog and it's simple in some ways but complex in some others but i would say the simplest would be display advertising and i say simple because it doesn't take work from you besides setting it up Um, on the on the other side if you don't have enough traffic it might not make sense for you to do that Um, So display advertising, you can just put, you know, if you're doing Google AdSense or some other ad platform, um, you can just put the code on your site and it just shows up. That's one of the main monetization strategies for me with my biology blog. It has a decent amount of traffic, so I get a decent amount of income just from putting those ads. Then there's affiliate marketing. And I love this one because when you're getting started it's a good way because you don't have to create the product. You don't have to provide a service. You don't have to have a bunch of inventory. Um, and, and the reason I like this is because the process of selling is something – I think it's selling is a craft. It's something that you learn about um, and you master over time. And this gives you practice without having to do everything. Um, so you're selling someone else's product and you're getting a commission for each sale. That's affiliate marketing.
0: And we should clarify that the um – uh, the word affiliate is kind of it kind of means like you are almost a reseller, if you will. Except that exactly. You're, except that the transaction is not happening on your site; it's happening off of your site, and it's tracked. And if the uh, sale ends up coming through as a result of your referral, then that partner that you're partnering with will pay you some amount of money. Exactly. That's the easiest way to describe it for those that aren't familiar with it. So we talked about display ads and affiliate marketing at a high level. Are those the main ones? Are there other main ones we're missing?
1: Yeah, there are some main ones like, okay, you can go from affiliate marketing to selling your own products you know, w- whatever it is you're creating. And there's a bunch of stuff you can talk about with that. Or you can provide a service. You might be a, a, a designer or you might be offering coaching or something of that sort. Providing services is a great way to make some money. Um, it's, it's great because, you know, you can get started quickly based on the knowledge that you already have. And you don't have to necessarily create a product, but you're being paid for your time. So, you know, I can't coach while I'm sleeping but I can sell my digital products while I'm sleeping um, but those are the main ones display advertising affiliate marketing um, selling your own products providing services there are many others but those are the main ones that you generally find
0: okay let's let's dig into display advertising because I know that so many people including myself you know uh, when you first set up a blog the hope is that you're gonna make a lot of money on display advertising and I think the key quote unquote word hope here (laughs) is that, um, just build it and they will come and you will make tons of money. Right. So, um, if we break down display advertising, there's there's networks like Google AdWords uh-huh. and then they're selling your own advertising on the website. Mm-hmm. Now, um, have you dabbled in both or have you just done the networks? What's, what's your experience?
1: I've dabbled in both, but I've done more so than networks. I've done more Google AdSense and now I'm exploring some other things, but I've done a little bit of the display advertising. So let's I talk, yeah, selling, the, it, selling it
0: yourself. So let's talk about what kind of money can be made with display ads and what bloggers need to know, can you share some of your ideas on this?
1: Oh, what kind of money can be made? I mean, I, I know people that are making tons of money with um, um, uh, like Google AdSense and so on. Some even like 10,000, even more than that a month, depending on the amount of traffic and depending on the topic of their blog. Um, for me, the key thing is um, people are gonna be more likely to click on ads when they're relevant, all right? So if your content is about biology, and they come to your blog, and they see that there's a link to a biology study guide, they're going to be more likely to click on that. So I think relevancy is a key.
0: Now, let's, let's talk for a little bit about how Google works. Um, yeah. And wait, let me just share a couple thoughts here. Um, one thing you have to realize is that when you take advertising on your website, you're paid to send traffic away from your website. Exactly. And I want people to really think about this for a minute. You know, if you are building a website to simply draw people in and send them away, then display advertising maybe does make sense. Mm-hmm. And we see a lot of really big blogs like Mashable, for example, publish 30 posts a day. And we know that they're funded by display ads because it's a frequency play. It's all about having lots of content and varying kind of popular topics, drawing lots of people in and hoping a subsegment segment of them click on an ad. And, um, And it is kind of one of those things where I think people need to know they're not going to get paid a lot of money every time somebody clicks. I mean, we're talking relatively low amount of money, right, Leslie? I mean, what are we talking like? Maybe if you're lucky, a buck, a click?
1: If you're lucky, a buck, a click. Um, And in many cases, you're getting something like, you know, three, five cents a click in some cases. Um, So I tell people, don't even consider this unless you have a decent number, a decent amount of traffic. And for me, decent means... You know, maybe if you're getting about 10,000 unique visitors a month and above, I think it it's kind of makes sense to start exploring the option. Um, just just to kind of give you an idea, uh, my site gets about sixty to 65,000 unique visitors a month. Um, and in display ads and uh, actually display ads on the site and in the videos, I can make anywhere between $800 and $2,500 a month just from Google AdSense.
0: Now... Um, which site are we referring to? The biology? The,
1: the interactive biology site.
0: Okay, now just to give everybody some perspective, um, Social Media Examiner gets a million people a month and we earn on display ads and we have two display ads in the sidebar and we earn $5,000 a month. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. get, we get 2 million page views a month at least. So So what I want people to understand is that um, we are exponentially larger than Leslie, but we're not getting exponentially more money than Leslie is. It's highly relevant depending on who your target audience is, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. You know, people that are coming to your site, they're seeing ads all over the place. Um, and to a, a certain extent, they're kind of immune to it or a larger proportion right. than the people that are coming to my biology website. If they see biology study guide, they want to click on it. They don't even know necessarily in many cases that it's an ad. Um, so it, it really does depend on the topic of your site. Some are going to pay more, um, some are going to pay less. What One of my pet peeves though, is seeing really small sites putting a ton of ads on there because you're just trying to build up your site and you're sending a bunch of people away I I don't don't think that makes a bunch of sense
0: I agree and you know and I will confess that in our case um, most of our ads on our site are for our own stuff you know what I mean and we um, we should also mention that the placement of the ad has a lot to do with the kind of revenue you can make do you have any best practices or thoughts on that
1: Yeah, so in terms of placement of the ads, there's a number of things that we've seen. You need to understand what sites, what parts of your sites are going to perform the best and you can test it out but generally speaking um in your sidebar above the fold that tends to have a really nice um uh conversion uh, a really nice click through um in your content i know you guys have been testing this out too um if you have an ad right in the middle of your content that generally gives um good click throughs uh, i know you tested it out with social media success summit and that worked very well for you guys right
0: Yeah, we we put a very large ad for our own summit in the middle of all of our articles. And Uh it had crazy high click-throughs. I mean, like the highest ever. And I think it's because we have really long articles. And once you start scrolling down the page, there's nothing else on the sidebar to distract you. And then you know, if you see a big ad in the middle of the article, it it could be pretty cool. Now, let me ask you, Leslie, this. For those people who have a, a really unique niche and want to try to sell direct, advertising, you know, not using these ad networks. And and we should state that with these ad networks like Google, you could literally go to Google AdSense and in minutes set up an account and put the code on your website and, and, and boom, you're up and running. But, and it's the path of entry is really, really easy. But what about selling your own ads? How do any tips on how to determine pricing? Because I know that's a lot of, that's a big question. A lot of people have.
1: Yeah, so that's a good uh, question. And how I would go about doing it, there's a number of ways. Um, You can actually, if if you're doing AdSense on your site, you can kind of get an idea of what each ad placement is, what each position on your site is worth. And that gives you just a little bit of an idea of um, what you can charge. Uh, another thing you can do is you can just kind of look around in your in your industry and see what others are charging, and that kind of gives you an idea of what's the, what's the status quo. What what are other people doing, and how can you compare to that? If you see a smaller site that's charging you know, $100 a month for a display ad, and you know you're getting significantly more traffic, you can use that information to make a decision. Um, but really, it all comes down to going out there and testing, going out there and, and making your pitches. Once you kind of collect a little bit of data, whether it's from Google AdSense, whether it's from others in your niche, um, then you can go out and, you know, approach companies and see if it's something that they're interested in doing. Um, one one quick tip on that, actually, one of the things you'll notice if you're doing Google AdSense is that there are going to be certain ads that are performing very well, um, and if you see this same ad is showing up over and over, and people are really clicking through to it, you can contact that company and see if they're willing to, uh, if they're interested in just you know purchasing a spot on your site. Uh, that can be extremely valuable for them if it's already working well for them.
0: Yeah. And we should state that, um, with Google AdSense, they give you about 71%, if I'm not mistaken, or 68% of the actual revenue that they, that that, that that's brought in. You don't, they don't tell you which advertiser paid, paid how much, but you can go into AdSense and you can see all the top ads that seem to be appearing over and over on your site. Exactly. And you can even, this is crazy, but you can even block any particular advertiser. And, um, and you can even set up categories of ads you do and don't want. Now, um on Social Media Examiner, we when it comes to cost, there's a couple ways to do this. Um one of the common phrases is CPM, which is cost per thousand impressions. impressions. Mm-hmm. And there's also cost per click. But um we have sold in the past for the upper right um highest, you know, sidebar ad, sixty five hundred dollars um uh per month or per week. I can't even remember. It's been a while since we've done this, uh-huh. but but but, um, but the moral of the story is you can sell a dedicated spot to someone at a higher price than what Google will ever pay you because you have to realize Google is all about, you know, basically delivering the lowest, you know, it's the cheapest option for a lot of people. Exactly. And, you know, Some of these advertisers are trying to collect leads and they have a certain willingness to pay X dollars per lead. And if you can figure out what that is, you could probably get away with, you know, putting a pretty nice ad on your site for a while and trial running it. Um, But, you know, in the end, it does require you to have Time you have to go out there and you have to sell it. Mm -hmm. You know you have to have a media kit. You have to be able to describe what guarantees you're offering and stuff, and it can get really complicated. So that's why so many of us just default back to Google AdSense.
1: Exactly, it's easy. You slap a code on there and you're done.
0: Yeah, it was six thousand five hundred dollars per week is what we were charging for a dedicated spot. Yeah, and you can tell you know we're not making that much per month with Google because it's just pennies compared to you know definitely the alternatives. Let's talk about affiliate marketing. At a high level, what do bloggers need to know about affiliate marketing? What are some of the pitfalls, mistakes, et cetera, that we ought to be thinking about?
1: So one of the common things that you see with affiliate marketing is people get excited about it. So they go and they find a bunch of affiliate programs. They slap a bunch of um, affiliate links all over their content. And it's not about that. what it all comes down to, regardless of what you're selling, is how do you provide the most amount of value to your audience? I, I hope you're not hearing too much of my son in the background there. but
0: um, It's not it's, a problem, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's having fun. He's having fun. <laughs> um, so so the, the, the thing you want to start with is what, what does your audience want to accomplish? What are their goals? And then once you understand what their goals are, what are the best ways to help them accomplish it? What tools are they going to need? What resources are, are, uh, are they going to need? And that's the perspective that you want to start from. Not what can I sell? No, it's how can I best help them accomplish their goals? Um, so let's take, for example, someone coming to my biology website. Someone coming to my biology website, coming there to watch these videos. They want to learn about biology. They're, they're struggling in their classes. Um, they want to they do well. Um, And I remember when I was looking at doing affiliate marketing with that blog, I looked around and I saw that there was an anatomy and physiology study guide. And I knew that that's something that my audience really struggles with. This is something that can help them accomplish their goal. So, you know, I put that as part of my promotion and that did relatively well. Um, On my blog, uh, on Become a Blogger, I'm teaching people to set up websites, to set up blogs, and to build those into businesses. There are so many things that they're going to need in order to do that. And if you can teach them how to do that and then show them how, the natural result is that you're going to be promoting some of these products. So it's just a mindset shift for a lot of people of not what can I sell – but what does my audience want? What are they what do they need and how can I help them accomplish their goals? And then you create the content that shows them how to do it.
0: And talk talk to everybody who's not done affiliate marketing a little bit about, you know, typically how it works and what kind of money yeah. could be made with it.
1: So how it works is basically you find a product you want to promote. Um, If they have an affiliate program, you sign up for that affiliate program. In most cases, it's not something that needs significant interaction with the vendor. You just go to the site, you sign up, you get an affiliate link, and that's the link that you can use to promote that particular product. It tracks it automatically so that you automatically get a commission when a sale is made. Now, Now, the way that I like to go about it is, Um, Once again, if I know someone is trying to learn how to set up a blog, I'm going to teach them how to set up a blog, and I'm going to teach them how to do it with whatever hosting service I recommend, and in that process, I will use that link and and direct them over to the site to sign up, and then they can follow along with me, follow the instructions that I'm giving them, and once they make that purchase – I get a
0: commission, and Cliff Ravenscraft, our mutual friend, does a great job of this, doesn't he? I mean, he he, for example, talks about uh, equipment, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe yes, it's it maybe does. it's a reseller relationship instead of an affiliate. But I think he uh, I think he's you know he'll talk about, for example, how to use the Heil PR40, you know, microphone and. Um, you know, he'll do audio examples and stuff. So you can hear the differences. And then Mm -hmm. he'll say, you know, if you want to buy it, here is my affiliate link and I earn a commission. Now um, let's talk a little bit about disclosures because in the United States, uh, a federal trade commission requires you to disclose certain things about your affiliate relationship. What's the best practices there?
1: You know, the best practice is just be open and honest. The way I like to do this is pretty simple. When I let people know that, hey, um, you can go out there and check this service out or this product out, I let them know. I have an affiliate relationship with them. So if you do purchase it, I get a commission. And just by being straight up honest with them, first of all, you're fulfilling the guidelines by the FTC, letting people know that um, you are not just promoting this out of goodwill. You are being paid to promote this. Um, You're letting them know that. But you're doing it in a way that if you're providing value to it, to to your audience, you'll you'll find that they are more than happy to to use your affiliate link. In many cases, I get people coming to me saying, hey, I want to purchase this um, product or service. Do you have an affiliate link for it? Because they found so much value in the content that I create that they want to support you. So just be honest. Just let people know. I find that that works very well when you do it.
0: Now, I can tell you that uh, my experience having been an affiliate for a number of, of different topics is that there are a million companies out there that offer products. As a matter of fact, aren't mm-hmm. there even public like databases that show all the different products you can represent as an affiliate?
1: Oh, there are many of those databases. <laughs>
0: you, do you have any off the top of your head or no?
1: Off the top of my head, no. But it, remember- isn't ClickBank
0: one of them or something like that?
1: Oh, so ClickBank is one place that that's like an affiliate network. Then there's Commission Junction. That's another one. Um, I, I like Commission Junction. ClickBank is more for digital products. Um, but yeah, you can go there and you can find information about how well the product is performing, how, what's the average payout over the last 30 days. And and you can visit the websites and check them out. So yes, there are those sites that you can use.
0: Now, um as far as the different variances in the programs it is literally all over the map oh, like yeah. there are some programs that will pay you an ongoing residual forever you know what I mean? Is If yep. it's a subscription-based service. Uh-huh. There are some programs that will pay you more than the actual, they'll pay you a flat fee, but sometimes it's even more than the cost of the product because they're making up the money on a subscription. Mm-hmm. There are other ones where they'll pay you, it's a digital product, let's say, that sells for 30 bucks, and they'll, they'll give you $10. Right. Um, other ones like Social Media Examiner has an affiliate program for Social Media Marketing World and we pay $100 flat rate uh-huh. uh, for every sale and um it is literally all over the map uh the downside to affiliate marketing is you're trusting that whoever is um the product that you're representing, that they've got an accurate accountability system because it is completely yeah. in their ha- hands. Yeah. And you know, some of them have reporting, some don't, but it's all over the map and it may be delayed before you ever get paid. You know what I mean? Cause it, it, it's different than advertising where you get a check every month. Mm-hmm. It is one of those kind of things where, um, you, you got to really trust and know the vendor. And, um, let's talk about some creative things that you've seen people do with affiliate marketing.
1: So with affiliate marketing, once again, the focus is how do I provide as much value as possible for my audience? Um, Some of the things that I've been toying around with are how can I provide even more value? So, yes, there are people that do affiliate articles, I mean, um, review articles that send people to a product. But how can you do more? And um, uh, there's a service that I promote, Response and I wanted to go a little above and beyond. So what I decided to do is create an entire resource center. Some people create create resource pages. I created a resource center with a bunch of videos, a bunch of training, a bunch of tutorials to show you how to do everything that you need to do within the system. What you're doing there is you're taking the amount of value you're providing to the next level, and that is encouraging people to know that, okay, now I fully understand what kind of a purchase I'll I'll be making. I fully understand how to use the product and how to use the service. And I, I, I so appreciate what this guy is doing that I'm definitely going to use his affiliate link.
0: How do we find that resource center you put together?
1: So you can go to becomeablogger.com slash get response hyphen resources. Um, and you'll, you'll see how I have that kind of laid out.
0: What's really cool about some of this stuff is if you write really rich content and you give it away for free, people will start sharing it across social and all of a sudden it'll start coming up higher in the search engines and it kind of becomes this perpetual engine for you that just keeps driving valuable you know, traffic, if you will, to the company that you are affiliating uh, for. And that's pretty exciting.
1: And, that, and, you know, another thing about that is um, one of the things that you find if you go out there and you just look at what everybody else is doing and then you think to yourself, how can I blow them out the water? When I did this, I had get response, contact me. I had them they send me some gifts in the mail. They got on the phone with me and tried to get me to work with them in a, more, in a deeper way. So it really helps you to stand out. And anything you can do to stand out is a good thing.
0: Okay. The last part I want to talk about briefly is other ways to make money with your blog. Uh, We mentioned selling your own products and providing Mm -hmm. a service. Can you kind of give a high level, what are your high level thoughts? Is this where the real money's at and this other stuff is chump change or or what's your thoughts on this?
1: No, I think it depends on your niche. It depends on what you're doing. I think some of these things can be, um, really, can, can be really significant, um, depending on how much you put into it. So, I mean, there are things like, you know, you can build a membership site. Um, you can write e You can create all kinds of different advanced courses. There are so many other ways that you can make money. Um, I remember I even toyed around once with something that's specific to my niche. And, and there are many things that you can probably find that's specific to your niche. But with my biology site, I actually found a tutoring service that I could partner with. And when you come to my site, you can look at the uh, different tutors in different areas, depending on where you are in the world. And then once you contact them, I get paid. Um, So there are all kinds of different things that you can do. And it just depends on your blog, um, depends on the resources that you create. There's so much that can be done.
0: And I just want to say that um, this is about investment versus return. So display advertising and affiliate marketing is a relatively low investment um, for the return because the good news about display ads and affiliate marketing is they can return passive income Ongoing, indefinitely, as long as you keep driving traffic to your website, to your blog,
1: exactly,
0: and it's a it's a relatively low on ramp, and and over time it can be it adds up, um, but I but I believe that uh, the bigger, more challenging, but bigger opportunity is when you actually create your own stuff. Because exactly. when you create your own stuff like we do at Social Media Examiner, you know, we, we make almost all of our money selling our conference and our online events. And that is um, – the other stuff pales in comparison.
1: But- and the beauty of that is you can also now get affiliates now to promote your stuff and help bring even more exposure to your products.
0: Exactly. So I guess where I'm going with this is I'm letting everybody know that there's more than one way to get onto this on-ramp of making money with your blog, right? Um, If you don't have a lot of time, then the easiest on-ramp is display advertising and affiliate marketing. But if you do have time, then maybe it's not in your best interest to hawk other people's products or to send people away with display ads, but rather to invest in creating things that add more value, as Leslie was talking about a little bit earlier. What, What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, I definitely agree. Um, the the, the, the low-level stuff in terms of ads, in terms of affiliate marketing, those are great ways to get started. But if you really want to do something significant, build your own stuff. If your audience trusts you, they know, like, and trust you, they're going to be even more likely to buy stuff that you created because you're vouching for the value by actually creating it, and they're going to trust that even more. Um, there's so much more that you can do with it when it's your own. There's so much you can do in terms of tracking. There's so much you can do in terms of... Of optimization because you control it from beginning to end. Definitely.
0: Now, Leslie, uh, I failed to mention earlier that you have um, a podcast and I know a lot of people listening right now would, prob- would really benefit from listening to your podcast. So why don't you tell people where they can find your podcast and where they can discover more about you and all the great stuff you're doing with blogging?
1: Everything you want to find out about me, you can find out at me, about me at becomeablogger.com. I have a link there to my podcast. The podcast is called Learning with Leslie, um, and I, I just I, I share a lot of information on how to do the different things that you want to do with your blog to, to turn it into a business, to drive traffic, to, 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 to leverage it for professional opportunities. All of that I cover in the podcast, and they um, can check it out, becomeablogger.com.
0: I can hear the wheels turning in people's (laughs) brains right now. And I just want to say on behalf of a lot of people listening right now, Leslie, Samuel, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: You are very much welcome. Thank you so much for having me here, man.
0: Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview. If there was any tools or anything that we mentioned that you did not capture because you're out and about, well, don't worry. We take all the notes for you at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 117. That stands for episode 117. Also, if you're new to this podcast or you've been randomly listening to shows and you've not yet subscribed, you don't want to miss a future episode of this show. The best way to subscribe for free is to simply hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast player you're using, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day.